And once again, we're delighted to welcome back Jared McKenna, who is uh, our resident science guru on a re fairly, well, a monthly basis. Hang on now, I'll start that again because I'll turn this bloody thing off. Uh, get away. That's, that's where people have to stand up and say, turn your phones off. Okay. <laughs> Let, let, let me let me start again. <sighs> Once again, it's a delight to welcome Jared McKenna, who is our regular science guru, uh, turning up on a, at least a monthly basis to bring us up to date with things happening in the world of science. Um, and this time, you've got a real breakthrough for us. Um, people will be aware of HIV, the virus that causes um uh oh dear what's it called um help me out here aids aids <laughs> the virus that causes aids um and uh it's been many decades that there's been no breakthroughs no nothing on the horizon really even in terms of vaccines or any way of treating it but suddenly now there is what's the story Yes, yeah, so the the epidemic that we're sort of all familiar with would have been, yeah, probably 40 or 40 odd years ago in the middle of the 1980s, I think it was, when that was really prevalent and hitting all over the world. Um, and in 40 years, yeah, we've not come as far as we've liked. You know, people have been able to live longer, absolutely. They've got better quality of life, but there's still tens of millions of people all around the world suffering and um, we've got no real long-term treatment that works for everybody there's no vaccine like you said so um yeah there's still a lot of work to do but yes i do have a, i do have a good story so um thankfully we have had a little bit of a breakthrough but i'll give like a, a very short overview of hiv so that we understand how this breakthrough sort of does work um and yeah i'm sure most of the listeners are familiar with hiv human immunodeficiency virus it essentially attacks your immune cells so um, in particular, it's, it's a very specific type of immune cell, um, which is essentially the cell that puts your immune system into high alert. It's, it's the alert system. It'll detect something is up, some virus, some bacteria, whatever it is floating around that's foreign. It'll see it, detect it, and then put the body on alert. And th these are the cells that um, HIV actually targets. So if you have an impaired alert system, then your body's kind of not going to really know what's happening until it's kind of too late, until you're very, very sick, um, which means that you're vulnerable to all these other diseases um, because your body doesn't react to it. Um, and that's essentially how uh, we develop something like AIDS, which is that culmination of a whole bunch of different symptoms into one terrible um, syndrome. So HIV sort of puts your body into this false sense of security that everything's fine and it doesn't need to react. And then something comes along doesn't react until it's too late. So um, it's a terrible, terrible, um, terrible virus. And yes, thankfully, um, we've got a really good breakthrough um, in how we treat um, HIV. So traditionally, we essentially just give retroviral drugs, which um, stop HIV from multiplying, really. Um, it lives inside those immune cells. If we stop it multiplying, then we can get less sick. Um, and then that means less trans that transmissibility as well, transmission, exactly all these words that we've heard with COVID, you know, if we have less viral load, then there's less likely that we can 
transfer, transmit COVID to someone else. It's exactly the same with HIV. And that's how those drugs work. But they don't work for everybody. They're very expensive. There's a lot of them that you have to take. You have to take them every day. Um, so it's a very taxing process. And what's happened recently, only in the past probably, I think, decade, um, is that people have been receiving stem cell transplants um, in order to treat not the HIV itself, um, well, it, it partly does, but it's actually to treat a cancer that they've had at the same time. So um, a lot of these patients that have received these transfers, it's for leukemia or lymphoma, which are cancers of the immune system, one in the bone marrow, one in the um, lymphatic system. And you receive uh, stem cell transplants to essentially replenish those cells that the cancer kills. Um, and relating back to HIV, these patients, some of them have also had HIV. Um, and by getting these transplants, they've actually discovered that a couple of the donors who have donated their, their blood to these um, cancer and HIV patients have actually had a genetic mutation, a natural occurrence. They've had a genetic mutation that prevents HIV from entering their immune cells. So in a way, they're kind of immune. So they didn't really know this at first. It was kind of a happened by um, um, occurrence. And so what they've done or what they've found is that when they've they've gone through with these blood transfusions into the patients with cancer and HIV, they've actually gone into remission for both. So the transplants has worked for the cancer. They're, they're, they've got less cancer. They're in remission. And they've also got a far, far lower viral load. So it seems to work um, and it was a complete surprise. Um, but now as of last month, <clears throat> we've had the fourth or potential third, potentially the fourth person in the world to ever be cured of HIV from these treatments, which is incredibly exciting. And I guess we need to take a little step back and remind people um, of what a stem cell is. Um, it's sort of a, a, a kind of is it fair to call it a, a precursor cell that that then develops into something else that's exactly right yeah so there we've, we've actually got a different or a, a categorization of stem cells as well so they are those precursors um and you we, ha we have totipotent stem cells which means that they can make every single cell in the body all of them including your sperm and your eggs everything that you can think of and then there's pluripotent, which is everything but sperm and eggs. <laughs> and then you can sort of get less and less, uh, more and more specific down, down the train. You can get, they can make, you know, three or four types of uh, cell, and then they can only make one type of cell. Um, <clears throat> so these stem cells that they've used in the transfusions for the blood transfusions um, are pluripotent. So they're pluripotent blood stem cells so that they can make the different types of white blood cells. So there's um, multiple types of those. And they can also make blo uh, red blood cells. So the ones that carry our oxygen and make us able to breathe and move and live and the white blood cells, which are the part of our immune system. So by getting transferring those immune cells, we're able to replenish all of those cells that either die from the cancers that those people have or um, from the cells that have uh, essentially been host to the HIV. And if we can stop the HIV getting in, then that's that's exactly what we want. And that's exactly what we've seen, which is which is amazing. So the 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 in transferring the blood cells from these people that happen to have this genetic mutation, um that they've accidentally uh replenished the uh person's blood cells with these sort of super cells. <laughs> 
for want of a better term, um, that that have this genetic mutation that can combat these diseases. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's kind of something that has been incredibly fortuitous. You know, it it can sort of treat both the cancer and the HIV. Now they've got these cells floating around that can't be infected by HIV. Um, And because they're stem cells, they're going to be infinitely replicating. That's what um, one of the properties of a stem cell is that it can make those cells infinitely. It will keep replicating itself and making those cells until itself will die. Um, so now we've got all of these cells um, floating around in the bone marrow and in the blood that are immune to HIV. Um, so it's incredible. And of course, um, we can't have the light without the dark. There is always downsides to, to medical treatments and things and things like that. You know, a lot of the medicines that we take at the drugstore um, will have side effects. Um, and ex- it's exactly the same thing in this case. So um, blood transfusions are very very complicated and very very dangerous um for multiple reasons as well and it's why we don't just all get one when we feel a bit sick um so there is actually a very high risk of something called immunorejection so that means when i am for example if i'm donating my blood to you paul um your body will recognize my cells as foreign or mine might recognize yours as foreign so that might elicit an immune response from either of us and we might attack each other. So it actually could go horribly wrong and it might not attack whatever disease we're trying to combat and might actually attack the host. So that's a very real risk and something that is very hard to figure out and find the perfect donor um, to sort of combat something like that. Um, but also transfusions can also be, um, they, they can they can inhibit another type of um factor that's in your in your blood called a platelet and what that is it's it's the it's the the factor i'll I'll say i'll use use the word factor so the factor that um essentially makes your blood be able to clot so um if you lose platelets then you're going to lose the ability to clot your blood as as well as before so you know things like a runny uh sorry a uh a um, bleeding nose might might bleed for longer. Um, you might bruise more easily. Um, you know, cutting yourself might actually bleed a lot more. So you sort of have to manage your life like quite a lot um, more significantly after a blood transfusion because you're very delicate <laughs> during during that time. Um, and at the same time, if we relate it to HIV, you know, there's only so many people in the world that have these genetic mutations that we know of, and they can only donate blood so many times, and they're only going to be relevant and reliable donors for only some people as well so it's not a uh, a be all end all treatment for everybody with hiv we would love it to be um but there is also a whole bunch of stuff that we need to work out and um you know we need blood donors for anybody in the world let alone people with hiv and people that are uh donors that are hiv um immune So it's very hard to sort of track down those people and use them as well as we can and take their blood as as much as we can and find a use for it. Um, So there's still some stuff to be worked out. You know, we're we're treating and curing some people some of the time, but clearly it does work when when we are doing this correctly. So we're still hunting for more ways, you know, to eliminate um, HIV. Um, And sort of the next step into this is because we don't have, you know, enough HIV immune donors um, people are even considering or putting up into discussion um, 
actually genetically modifying ourselves. So um, someone with HIV, for example, might have their, their own genes modified to have that mutation so the cells can't um, be infected by HIV because then you wouldn't need the transfusion because your own cells have that mutation. Um, but of course, that is an incredibly ethical, very large ethical and moral question to be considering. And um, thankfully, it's not for us to decide. Um, but that is the, one of the extremes that people are looking at. So it's a very large problem and a very, um, very complicated one at that. But people are trying, trying their hardest. Um, and these are the links that they're going to. Well, it is fascinating, as always, and we, we're very grateful for you uh, to bring this to us. But uh, that, a little conversation causes me to think that maybe uh, in a future uh, session, we should talk about something as basic as blood transfusions, which because it's been so common for so long, uh, we, we take it pretty much for granted. But there are a whole lot of uh, uh, bits of that that we probably don't understand. Uh, for instance, as you, what you were just explaining, uh, and the the way that the different parts of the blood are separated out and and used in different ways. So that sounds like it might be a good topic for another time when we next uh, meet you. Couldn't agree more, Paul. Sounds sounds good. <laughs> <laughs>